This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. We call them life's simple distractions, blaming them on the busyness of the world we live in because of our cell phones, the internet, climbing the corporate ladder, or just plain worry. All have had a part in making us take our eyes off the things of God and what He expects us to do for the kingdom. But although most see these everyday activities as ordinary and unimportant, they can nevertheless have catastrophic spiritual consequences. In this explosive five-day message of encouragement entitled The Battle Against Worldly Distractions, Pastor Ray exposes distractions for what they really are, powerful weapons in Satan's bag of tricks designed to take your focus off the things of God, neutralizing you and making you too busy to be effectively used by God. Have distractions taken over too large a share of your day, allowing Satan to make you temporarily ineffective, perhaps even allowing him to win the most important battle of your spiritual life? I want you to open up to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, but I'm going to talk to you, and this kind of flies on the heels of a message that I spoke the week before last when I talked to you about returning to your first love returning to your first love. And it's not about returning to your first love so much as we brought it forth that time, but we're going to hit it from a different aspect in a different direction. And today what I ultimately am going to talk about really the focus is and what will be, you know, keep coming up in the resounding theme, we're going to talk about distractions. Distractions. And if you were here two weeks ago, you remember we spoke about the story, we started in Revelation and Jesus said you did all of these things to the church. Um, and Ephesus said you did this, you did that, you did the other thing. And he said, um, but yet there's something that I hold against you and that is that you lost your first love. And he said, return to it lest I remove your candlestick from its place. In other words, repent and do what you did at first lest I remove the candle. In other words, lest, lest I take the anointing away from you over your lives. And um, so we saw that and we used the story from Martha and Mary how Martha invited Jesus to her house as a guest and um, Mary immediately just goes and sits at the feet of Jesus and is, you know, she understands that Jesus is there, the word of life is there and, and he's speaking the words of life and, and he, you know, when I listen to Jesus and put my eyes on Jesus, my life is changed, it's enhanced, it's better, it's increased. And, and he, she's listening, sitting at the feet of Jesus, just listening to Jesus. And Martha is running around the house trying to get stuff done. And she gets so irritated that Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus that she goes and complains to her guest, Jesus. Think about how fleshed out Martha is, that she actually goes to the guest complaining that her sister is not helping her, but just sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
Just listening to the words of God. Don't you know, Mary, we have all this work to do. How can you just sit at the feet of Jesus? How can you just listen to what the Lord says? How can you just put your focus on Jesus when we have all of this work to do? And Jesus addresses it because Martha goes and complains. And Martha, uh, Jesus t- turns to Martha and says, Martha, Martha. And the New King James says, you are distracted by many things. Mary has chosen the better part, and that I won't take away from her. And basically what he was saying is that I'm not going to rebuke Mary for not helping you because she has chosen something better than you have. Your focus isn't on getting the work done. Her focus is receiving from me and putting her attention on me. You're distracted, Mary, and this is what happens when you get distracted. Everybody say distracted. What happens when you get distracted is you get in the flesh. And when you get in the flesh, you're grouchy. You're ugly. You're not nice. You're confused. You're mixed up. You have your spiritual priorities out of order. Other things become more important than my first and foremost priority, and that is staying connected to Jesus. Knowing that He is my life giver. He sustains me. He gives me every breath. He's with me and walks with me and carries me through my troubles and my hardships and trials and that Jesus has not forgotten about me. But when we get distracted, you see so many of us, when we started out so many years ago, you know, we, we, we gave our all to Jesus. Jesus, I abandon all. We actually used to sing songs about abandoning all. I, I give you my, my, my whole heart, my whole life. And then, you know, what happens is that the busyness of life, the challenges of life, the troubles of life come our way and they begin to distract us so that our eyes are no longer on Jesus in full abandonment and here's the word, trust. But now our eyes are more on the warfare at hand, the challenge at hand, the trial at hand, the difficult situation at hand. The work that needs to be done, as opposed to putting our full attention and our full face in the face of Jesus and on Jesus. Because he's the one who will carry us through all the troubles and challenges and trials and situations that we may ever have in our life. He's the one who sustains us. He's the one who keeps us. And I've seen in my years of ministry and as a pastor, I've seen over and over again how many precious people who love God, who really started out in the Spirit, trusting Jesus with their whole lives, somehow along the way, as life gets more difficult and challenges get more trying and tests get more difficult, that all of a sudden our attention is off of Jesus. And when what we started in the Spirit doing, we've ended up in the flesh. Started in the Spirit trusting, we're now in the flesh trying to figure it out for ourselves. You know what trust is? Sometimes when, when you're, you're trusting Jesus, sometimes you just have to sit still, grit your teeth, and let the storm pass. Sometimes you've got to grit your teeth in the midst of turmoil and trouble and just purpose to just sit there until it blows over. It's trusting him. Sometimes we don't know the end from the beginning, but our faith tells us that we will have the victory because he always leads us in triumphal procession. He always leads us in victory. We have become and we are called more than conquerors, which means it doesn't matter what comes our way. But often 
we get distracted from the very truth and the principles of God's Word, and we take matters into our own hands, and we try to work things out ourselves. So today, if we put our attention in Matthew's Gospel, we're going to read another story about trust and about distractions. You know, I, I said this this morning, and I, I really, you know, the only reason why you don't do the full Word of God, most people don't, you know why? Because you plain old just don't trust God. You love God, you believe in God, you even serve God, you even read the Bible, but you don't do it because you don't trust Him. Let's just tell it like it is. Can we be truthful this morning? The reason why you don't tithe is because you don't trust God. The reason why you don't forgive is because you don't trust God. You're no longer, you're distracted by these things around you and your trust is no longer in the living God. The reason why you don't walk in love the way you're supposed to walk in love and love means that, love means that somebody else benefits at my expense. It costs me something. This, I love you, love your brother, I love your sister is a bunch of hot air. True love demonstrates it. True love backs it up with action and activity, with something tangible that can be felt and received. That's true love. But we become so distracted that we don't, we don't walk after the principles of God. We come to church, sing the song, shout hallelujah, jump up and down. We even serve God, read our Bible. We even pray. But when it comes down to actually performing the word of God, we lack seriously for whatever kind of reason that we may have come up, but the bottom reason is that we have been distracted into believing something else or putting our focus somewhere else. Because if our full focus was on Jesus, if our full focus was on the Word, we would do it eagerly. We would do it with fervor and, and, and tremendous um, zeal and enthusiasm because we trust God. But when our eyes are off of the Lord, when we are distracted by other things, we start thinking like the world. And I'm still amazed how many people, how many believers are still operating their lives by the corrupted wisdom of the world. You're still operating by what the world presents as wisdom and not living by the wisdom of the word. You're distracted because you see people or others or other things and you say, well, if well, look at what they're doing. Look at what they're saying. Look at, look, look at, look at, look at, look at this and look and look and look at that. And all the while, you're looking at the wrong things. You ought to be looking into the perfect law of liberty that will set you free and bless your life. You ought to be looking in the face of Jesus. So we go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14. And many of us know this story. It's a very simple story, a very powerful story. But Jesus had been ministering to the 5,000 that assembled and they were hungry and they didn't know where they were going to get the food. And, and Jesus told his disciples, you feed them. And he took the bread and the loaves and he broke them and, and he handed them to the disciples and they distributed them to the 5,000 and everybody ate and they had 12 basketfuls left over after everybody was filled. So they had had a full few days of ministry. This was a, uh, this was a conference, so to speak, that was going on and Jesus had been teaching, right? So he says to them, okay, brings them to a boat, and he says immediately, verse 22, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat 
and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So he basically said to his disciples, get in the boat. Get in the boat and you're going to the other side. I'm going to go send the multitudes away. You get in the boat. I was thinking about this, you know, 37, 38 years ago, whatever it was, a long time ago. I got in the boat with Jesus. Many of us got in the boat with Jesus when we first received him into our heart and into our life. We got in the boat with Jesus. Jesus says we're going to the other side. Now, most of us, many of us know this story. Most of us in the room know this story. We know that they encountered a storm. We'll get to it in just a minute, but I just want to point something out to you. Do you think that Jesus didn't know that when they got in the boat that there would be a storm that they would encounter? Just because you're a believer and you serve Jesus and you're in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean that it's always going to be a smooth ride. Everybody thinks, well, I'm saved, I'm born again, I'm believing, I'm tithing, I'm doing, well, how come nothing's changing? How come I I have a greater storm? Listen, just because you're in the boat with Jesus doesn't mean that it's always going to be a smooth ride. So they get in the boat with Jesus. They get in and all of a sudden, it says they're there in verse 23, and he, he sent multitudes away, and he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. Let me tell you what, when you get in the boat with Jesus and you begin to obey the word of the Lord, let me tell you what, storms are going to start kicking up. Let me tell you what, the minute you embark upon a faith project in your life, The minute you begin to say, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to trust God, I'm going to believe God for this or believe God for that, get ready because a storm is sure to come up. Why? Because the devil will always send a storm to try to distract you from your heart's desire, the Word of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God. Jesus' plan was for them to get in the boat and to go to the other side. The devil's plan was to try to kick up something in their face to distract them from the plan and the purpose of God and ultimately hope that they would abandon the ship. Abandon the ship. Let me say it again. Abandon the ship. You know how many people I've encountered over the years who got in the boat with Jesus, thinking, man, I'm going for a free ride with Jesus. He saved me. He blessed me. I've got all of these promises. He's going to prosper me. He's going to make me healthy. He's going to make my life worth living. I got in the boat with Jesus. And then the first sign of a storm, they become distracted by the storm and they're ready to abandon ship. Let me tell you why you're never going to get anywhere by being distracted by the things that are going on around you. It'll always be something that somebody said, something that somebody did, something that somebody should have done that they didn't do. It'll always be a situation, a circumstance, an issue that will come your way to try to stop you and haunt you from continuing in that boat and continuing in on what you believe and what God said to you. It'll always try to distract you He said, the wind was contrary. In other words, the boat's trying to go this way, but the wind is blowing it back this way. Do you think the devil is going to let you have a free ride? Do you think the enemy is going to allow you to have a free ride? He kicks up every kind of distraction in your way to try to get you to abort the mission, try to back up, to quit, to give up, to bail out. And I've seen Christian after Christian after Christian do it because of distractions. 
Like I said before, you started out in the flesh. You're all excited. I trust God. I'm going to trust God with my family. I'm going to trust God with my finances. I'm going to trust God with my future. I'm going to trust God with my health. God, I just feel it. I know it. I got it. I received it. And you start out in the spirit and the first sign of wind contrary, of something pushing back is the first sign, is the, is the beginning of you saying, well, I don't know, maybe I miss God, maybe this stuff isn't true. I don't. And of course, the enemy will always send some jerk your way <laughs> to try to talk you out of what you know in your heart Jesus spoke. You know in your heart is the will of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. The wind was contrary. Jesus knew there was going to be a storm, and Jesus knows there's going to be storms in our lives doesn't catch him by surprise. Do you think that a storm in your life said, so, well, you know, you, 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 for, do you really think that Jesus didn't know that that storm was coming in your life? What he wants to see is your faith. He wants to see you operate and use your faith to navigate and not be, wait a minute, wait a minute, not be distracted. Everybody say distracted by the storm. After, you know, over the years in ministry, I've had all kinds of distractions come my way. People saying things about me that are not even true. People doing things against me that were unwarranted. I've had people say things and, and say it to others and do all kinds of things. And, and, and my first you know, reaction is to like, you know, take my eyes off of Jesus and what he's called me to go deal with this issue. And, and I got wise after a while and I said, you know what? It is not good for me to be distracted by what people, let people say and do what they're going to say and do. Let it all just happen. I just keep turning it back to Jesus. My eyes are fixed on what God's called me to do. Sometimes people don't like what you say. They don't like how you say it. They don't like what you're preaching. I can't make excuses for God. I remember many, many, many years ago, there was a man who didn't like my preaching. He bought me a series of tapes and said, you ought to preach like this. And I'm thinking in my, I'm thinking in my heart, you ought to get out of my way right now. <laughs> and ultimately, I did blast them. Because you're messing with my anointing. Don't you mess with my anointing. But that was a distraction. The enemy will always send a distraction your way to try to persuade you out of the boat, out of the mission. The mission was, you're getting in the boat, you're going there. That's the destination. Just because you hit a storm, no reason to be distracted. But I see so many distracted Christians. I see people waylaid by, you know, storms of life, challenges of life, or the dumb things that other people say. You have to constantly, I can remember over, over the uh, one time in my life, a friend a true friend that I really trusted and, and looked up to in, in so many ways and as being spiritual said to me, you know, I don't really think that you're called to be a pastor. You should really consider, you know, doing something else. And I thought to myself, I rebuke that. I didn't say it to her face. I just to my, I said, I rebuke that. That's a distraction that wants to come my way to get me off course to my destination. Thank God I didn't listen to stupid wisdom from... That's a nice way to say it. She said Satan. I said, that's a nice way to say it. But we'll take it. Well, didn't, didn't, didn't Jesus rebuke Peter? See, this is one of the things that I still can't understand is how we as believers, when we know something is not of God, when somebody says dumb things like that, why don't we stand up and say, you know what, that's wrong. That's wrong. I don't receive that. You're in the flesh. 
You're talking in the flesh, acting in the flesh, looking like the flesh. You even smell like the flesh. When, when Peter came to Jesus, when Jesus revealed that he was going to give up, he's like, oh, no, 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 I'll, you know, I'll take your place. I, that, not gonna. And Jesus, what did he say? Get thee behind me, Satan. Don't get me distracted from my call, my purpose, my vision. Yeah, I had another person come to me one time and many years ago in the beginning stages. He said, if things don't change in this church in 90 days, I'm going to be out of here. And I looked that guy in the face and I said, if you don't change your thinking in about 90 seconds, you're going to be out of here. You know, I, I, I get very upset about it because I don't like people messing with my anointing. I know what God's called me to do. I've been doing it for years. I've got the proof that it, that it, it, it works. But the enemy will come to try to distract you from your call, your purpose, your gift, your destination. He will come to try to get you to abort the mission and abandon ship. Many times it's because there's a storm. You can't control what people say. You can't control what they do. You can't control every circumstance and situation. I remember one time a friend had a vision. I was going through something in the church, and it was a, many years ago, again, in the foundational years of the church. And, but everything was a big deal then. When you're just beginning, and you only have a few people, and you have no money, and you're trying to... Everything is a big deal. Now, nothing's a big deal anymore. Thank God. Maybe I've grown. I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. But I remember I was going through something, and she said to me... She said, uh, it was a woman. She said, Pastor, I, I, had, I had a vision... And I want to share it with you. I know you're going through a storm right now. And God showed me that, showed me a man standing in the desert and there was a windstorm that kicked up and the sand is pelting him. And that's you, you know, he showed me that it was you, that the sand was pelting and it hurt. Did you ever go on, when you're in the beach and the wind comes up on a windy day and the sand hits you in the face and like stings? Anybody know what I'm talking about? He said, that was the, the description she gave me. And she said, and this is what the Lord said. The Lord showed me this man, he had like a cape on. And the Lord said, take that cape and just put it in front of your face and crouch down and just put your finger forward and just keep on moving forward just like that. And I thought, whoa, that was like a word from heaven for me because that's exactly what I needed to do. And I did it. I just said, you know what? I'm not going to be distracted by the storm. I'm going to keep my focus on what God has said in his word, what God has called me to do. Because too many people have abandoned ship. There are a lot of shipwrecked Christians today because they got distracted by the storms and the challenges of life. Things drew them this way. Things drew them that way. And they abandoned ship. Is everybody with me? Am I speaking to anybody here? Distraction is the cause of many people's failures. One of the keys to the success that I have had at this stage of my life in ministry is that I just refused to abandon the ship. I refused to quit. I have resolved it within me that I will fulfill what God has called me to do. And I will not be distracted by the issues of life and the things of life because the enemy will always conjure up some sort of distraction to try to get you to abort the mission. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com ny.com or wmca.com thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of god-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the word of god and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come god's word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors